0: This is the Global Broadcasting Service, serving remote outposts since 1928. Hi, everyone. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express monorail. Caramba, we have something really big for you today. Welcome, foolish mortals. <laughs> now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's our wildest ride in the wilderness. This is the DBC Pod with Phil Schoen and Jason Dodge. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's pod. It's the week of review of August seventh, twenty twenty one, and I have to get used to Phil not going away from the microphone uh, <laughs> again. Another week where I have to rotate around this because I've got a visual of you uh, rotating around the microphone, drifting 20. on this guy here. Um, this week is going to be an interesting show. We're going to talk about Disney's very own mortgage program that they're going to be releasing hopefully soon because we all <laughs> need it. Uh, Laugh Floor is going to have a soft open maybe. Remy previews are going on for AP and cast members. Uh, let's see. Um, we're getting the pricing of the Disneyland AP program, which I suspect mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit similar. And then, of course, we were talking about this before. We just went on the air. Phil, my now postponed my trip for February from October. I suspect that I'm not the only one doing this right now. Well, at um, least thinking so, about it. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing it now uh, in February. So there's some bonuses. Maybe we'll do a show where I can, we can start weighing the pros and cons of what does October versus February mean and yeah. temperatures and all that other stuff. I think that might be interesting. I still don't know. I've never been down there in February. So it should be really cool. Uh, but we have, as everybody's watching, um, the young man in the center of the screen between Phil and I, <laughs> Matt is on the show from the DCI Index. Matt from the show. Welcome back, sir. Thank you for coming back on. Thanks. Glad to be here. So we're going to be rocking and rolling. The first thing of the week, as, as always, we're going to go, and we're just going to show the DCI, and then but the DBC expedition this week is, of course, DCI. We're going to do a deep dive. Matt's going to do a little bit of the behind. Uh, no, excuse me. He's filling in previous um, months, starting from when the parks reopened, leading up until when did we start, uh, Matt, uh, the original DCI? Um, April. April was the April, first numbers so- we put out there. So we've got like, what, eight months to kind of basically backfill and see kind of the progression of the DCI over time, which which I think is really awesome. So anyway, this week's DCI, we're at 68.16. And, man, I think we had like a 1% increase you were talking about. I think I saw on Discord you were chatting about that. What was that primarily the uh, driver for that one? So, yeah, we got Hall of Presidents back. Um, Yachman
1: Steakhouse is back. Toledo's is back. Uh, Columbia Harbor House. So we've got some good quick service stuff in. I also did include Monster Zinc, uh, da- uh, Floor.
0: Oh, so I didn't realize back.
1: that. Um, okay. As well as Nine Dragons were cool. open, even though they're not taking re- taking reservations yet, they're still um, they're still seating people now. So um, it's good to get some EPCOT stuff back.
0: Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive at the, at the last part of the show. But first, as always, we have Phil and the news and the news. Uh, and so the some
2: good news. I think we're. We're going to try to focus on positive stuff this week, I think, yes. and and one thing that that we're always monitoring is uh, the hiring processes at Walt Disney World, because I think when you know where they're trying to hire more cast members for uh recently there've been a lot a big trend of trying to get more cast members for working in food and beverage and a few other areas but this week it came out that they are looking to hire more monorail and skyliner cast members so trying to uh, beef up the staff at some of those transportation methods i guess they're feeling a little overworked there or else perhaps it's Probably. going to correspond to you know maybe longer park hours coming we saw that too with they've they've announced some some of the park hours coming in the fall—they've extended, you know, starting in October, or I think a few days in September. But then every day in October, Epcot's going to be opening at ten in the morning instead of eleven. So I think, you know, maybe that's. Part that was of the this. big change,
0: right? Everything else seemed kind of usual time. Yeah, I mean,
2: every now and then when they they extend the new hours, it's like, oh, this park's open an hour later or something like that. But the big kind of ch- change from how things have been operating is that EPCOT will be opening at ten instead of the eleven that they've been doing of late. Um, the other interesting hiring thing is that they've been hiring more parking lot attendants, which people mm-hmm. are hopeful will mean this also could pretend the the, uh, the trams are going to be coming back soon. Which you know, like I said, we're going to try to keep it positive, but that's one thing that I've, I've been a little critical of Disney for now. I mean, they've been open for a while now; attendance is getting up there. Those parking lots are starting to get full, and they still haven't been running the trams. So
0: that's crazy to me. Yeah.
2: So I think hopefully that that the trams will be on their way soon. So, you know, obviously there's always, you know, it's always good to see more hiring going on. We know for the, uh, in the food and beverage, they've been offering bonuses and stuff like that. So hopefully they can get some more people and get some good people and, and, and build up some of that staff. Cause it, it seems like the, uh, the crowds have been increasing faster than the, the cast member count, has been which increasing. is amazing to me right now. Yeah. Um, mentioned just previously by Matt about Matt, uh, monsters, Inc. Laugh floor, which doesn't have the best acronym in the world. <laughs> um, uh, it was, uh, it was announced that it's going to be opening on August 8th, which a little, I guess, peak behind the scenes is today, but it actually opened up several days early. Um, just kind of soft opened and was basically, well, we're open. Uh, I think on the 5th, was the first day that it was reported. So it's good to see another attraction mm-hmm. opening. Um, this is one, you know, again, whether, you know, full seating and they have the interaction with the, for, for, those of you that haven't done this attraction, I know it's not, not one everyone's done, but it's I've with, never done it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty fun attraction. It's not like one of those, like, oh, my God, my trip's ruined if I don't do it. Um, but I think it's a fun attraction where they use good technology uh, to have the animation, similar to Turtle Talk with Crush. But in this case, it's with uh, Monsters from Monsters, Inc., and how they can talk to the audience. And they, they, uh, um, you can submit jokes beforehand that they might use them and that sort of thing. So th- it's, it's a fun show, and it's also a good kind of break in the hot weather.
0: Got a lot of AC going in there and stuff like that. Before we get to the next topic, why don't you jump ahead to the other one that we might be doing some previews coming up in the next couple of weeks. Sure. So
2: the next story uh, that I will now be talking about is that uh, another attraction that's opening soon, the official opening date is October 1st. However, it has been announced that there will be a number of previews for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Um, I think on our last episode, we we mentioned that cast members were going to get preview dates, which I thought was great. Uh, Following that, it came out that DVC members would have preview opportunities, a handful of dates in September for that. Um, But then kind of the big thing that came out was for annual pass holders. And that note just kind of went out and was like, yep, we're taking reservations now. And hopefully you got the email or you got somebody to send you the link or whatever. But the good thing was it was uh, for most of September, I mean, not every day, but like more than... Half the days in September, they, they were going to have these previews and they were like every hour on the hour. And so as long as you kind of tried that morning, you know, when the note went out, I think pretty much everybody was able to, to get one that wanted to. Now, mm. some people didn't see the email and didn't, and didn't get it until after, and they, they weren't able to get it, especially if they were looking for weekend dates, it seemed like the weekend dates went pretty quick. Um but overall, you know, lots of previews. So I think this is going to be great, similar to what the Universal did, I think, with Velocicoaster, where they had all those soft openings. So by the time the grand opening day came there, like pretty much everybody had already ridden it. Yeah, and there wasn't lines out the door for it. Right. Exactly. So as somebody who's still planning on being there on October 2nd, I hopefully hope this means it won't be quite the the madhouse that it would have been if that was literally the second day of operations for people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think one of the big stories that came out this past week, though, is I know obviously we tend to be Florida focused, but in Disneyland, a uh, whole big thing about what was going to happen with the replacement of their annual pass program. And it got really revealed that it was going to be called the Magic Key program. And the details of that program came out this past week. And I think the kind of the overall messaging or the what I was hearing from a lot of Disneyland fans was that they were pleasantly surprised that the pricing was not worse than it was. I, I, well, Matt, what's you, what was your initial reaction
0: to that?
1: Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. I think everybody kind of feared the worst um, with the new program, and, and you know, for the most part, it seems pretty reasonable to me. You know, the way they have it in tiers with the with the reservation system, I I think it's a good fit.
2: Yeah, that is one, one key thing with it is they are keeping or they are going to have reservations, similar to how Walt Disney World, the annual pass holders, have to make reservations. But what they did was, depending on your level, you would get fewer or more reservations up to the top level, which they call their dream key, which you can make up to six reservations at a time. Which I think for the Florida pass holders, if you said you could have six, that would make uh, them quite, quite happy versus the current three that they're limited to now. Mm-hmm. And just to go through pricing, this top level, which basically you, know, you can get in every day of the year, no blackout dates, uh, is $1,399. They are keeping the monthly program for California residents, so that comes out to $102 per month. So when you think about it, it's sort of less than the price of one ticket per month, um, and that gets you you know basically no blackout dates. Uh, it goes down from there. Um, to nine forty nine for the next level, six forty nine, and then the lower le- lowest level is three ninety nine. Obviously, that will come with a lot of blackout dates. You know, you're not going to be able to get into a lot of the on weekends and things like that. Um, but when you think about it, if you're able to go to the dates that it's available, that that comes out to nineteen dollars a month to, to you know to go go to Disneyland. Yeah, that's so pretty that's, good. That's pretty good.
1: One well, thing I, the I only ask you got. I was gonna oh, go say one thing I found interesting was the excessive uh, no sh- uh, no show rule that they have. It's mm-hmm. just kind of interesting. They're, you know, they want people. If you have a reservation, to show up. But don't make, yeah. you know, reservations that are wasted. You know, they're really trying to quantify who's coming um, to be able to spread the crowds out. And I thought that was interesting. And I wonder if that is going to come to Disney World with their new. I'm
0: pretty sure it's going to come to like their Florida locals pass. They're going to have a similar okay. um, thing for that. I, 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 I guarantee that. Uh, my question, you guys, if if pricing like this comes about for Walt Disney World, what is your price point for getting an AP for your family as um, we're all out-of-staters? We're all in the, the northeast area of the country. Yeah. So when we go down there, it's typically expensive, right? It's a flight. Mm-hmm. It's a couple of days, that type of thing. Phil, you're, you're doing like a little bit of a year at Disney. So you guys are going down. So you might actually have a need for an AP. That might be a good investment for you guys. Um, but what what is your breaking point because when you buy an annual pass because I doubt they're gonna have a monthly payment for no. out-of-state people no, no. so you know family of five the ultimate the old dream key would be 1400 times five so you're looking at yeah. seven grand right so no one's dropping seven grand on, on yeah. tickets for a full year that's tough so what would be your price point to, to dive in you
2: think so I think if it's at that level which is usually what it is for out of state for 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 Walt Disney World you had to have kind of that that platinum level pass mm-hmm it would be that we were planning on having at least two kind of full week trips and that we were thinking that we could probably fit in a third. Um, You know, I think at that point it kind of makes more sense. Um, And then you get the, the discounts and stuff like that, especially if we were planning on staying on property for all of them to get the kind of the room discounts and things like that. And the merchandise discounts. I know in the past, sometimes we've worked things where, we would get one annual pass and then we would get tables in wonderland card, which I, I, no word if that's coming back, but especially if you had a large group, sometimes just with the discounts, you could kind of make everything work out. But, you know, if we're thinking about the you know, a pass for all of us, it would be like two big trips and then thinking that we'd probably fit in a third Um, that third one, I think needs to be kind of on the radar to make it worthwhile.
0: Well, let me ask you this then. So you're talking about what it makes sense over, you know, if you annualize your, your ticket spending yeah. in a year, right? Like, obviously, if we spend more than $7,000 in tickets over the course of a full year, yes, you're going to drop it. But is there a price point where you would say, like, I, I can't even write that check all yeah. at once now? Like, cause to me, like, that's a lot of money anyway.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's probably, we're probably getting there. I mean, to be honest, mm-hmm. we, we've never had annual pass for all of us. So I've never had to cut the $7,000 $7, check or whatever. Yep. Um, so it would definitely have to be like, okay, this is what we're doing for our vacation fund for the year or two years and kind of pre, you know, save up for it or whatever. Um, yeah. I think that would probably be the limit like, when you put it that way of having to cut yep. that $7,000 check. It's a little tough.
0: Matt, do you think they'll come out with multiple levels for out of state annual pass holders um, like they're doing for Disneyland? Yeah, it's
1: possible. I mean, they were always different than than the way Disneyland had it set up and and the APs are just completely different. Um, So, you know, it's definitely a lot more locals in Disneyland than, 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 you know, than Disney world. So, you know, I I could see them doing something. I mean, they're going to, you know, they're going to try to make it, uh, you know, um, financial, uh, you know, beneficial to them somehow. So, and, and, and I could see that, you know, so, you know, and for me, like, you know, in terms of annual passes, and you guys have done the numbers before, right? You know, it's typically mm-hmm. like the return on investment is was always like ten days, right? Ten or eleven days, maybe.
0: Split that- up though, not on one vacation.
1: Right, right, exactly. So, you know, if those numbers match up, and you're planning two trips in a calendar year, it's it's definitely worth it to do it. Um, so, I'll be curious to see what the numbers are. Um, you know, and especially with us potentially going to December. Um, I could see us getting an annual pass if I can talk, you know, the family into going in November next year or something like that. Um, But, you know, to get Mm -hmm. that third trip would be really, really challenging, like Phil was talking about. So is it worth it to do it at that point?
0: See, I, you know, being having moved in December. So I've got I shaved three or four hours off my drive time now getting down there. And I can see getting an annual pass and convincing my wife to spend all the money on it. And then, hey, why don't we take a three-day weekend? I'll just drive. We'll just hop. We'll go get like the cheap hotel or VRBO or something else like that. Stay cheap and try to do something like that because then your expense is just like, you know, um peanut butter sandwiches and jumping in the park, right? That's basically it. I was
2: gonna I was gonna say once you have the passes, it's really it can be easy to talk yourself into making that yeah. third trip. Like, or I'll
0: I'll drive down for yeah. thirteen hours. Let's do this for two days for sure. Um and, and I think the only other news item that we have is at the end of this, that kind of surprised everybody. The APs are coming back. Yes. Right. At the end of the story about the
2: Magic Keys, it just said in time for the the Walt Disney World 50th. So people are reading into that, that it would be available, you know, somewhat beforehand so that you could get them before the 50th. But it wasn't clear. It just said in time for the 50th. We'll be back after a quick break. Last off with Space Vacation the Musical as the Bloom family from the bright yellow planet takes a wild, weird, and wonderful intergalactic summer vacation. With original songs and stellar comedy, their trip
1: goes delightfully haywire. Fun and adventure for all ages. Space Vacation the Musical on all podcast platforms now.
2: Subscribe today.
0: Which is nice. I just flashed everybody this, this screenshot for that. And then, oh wait, did I forget? I think I have one more news item. Did I forget something? There's one in
2: there just about that they've been. There's been sites of them testing out the Walt Disney World railroad.
0: And, this makes me happy. And similarly,
2: also the um, scaffolding or the the scrim that's been up over the Main Street train station has been coming down as well. Mm-hmm. So people are getting optimistic about what it could mean. Um, there had been work or reports before of track being spotted over by the Tron. Uh, yep. Work area. So people are hoping maybe they can try to get that tunnel up and get the track on I mean, obviously Tron's not going to be open for the fiftieth, but as somebody it's who going to be kind of
0: my trip now in
2: February, I, am I, am I hope. Am I hoping too much for that? I, I wouldn't hold your breath. But uh, <laughs> um, but so as somebody wise, you know man. who loves the history and loves the history of Walt and stuff like that, I I really would like to hear the the train going around yes. on on the
0: fiftieth birthday of of his Florida even project. even if it's like parked the somewhere they you. could just. Yeah. Even if they could just hear the whistle, that's all I want, right? Yeah, that's, that's why I was saying, you know, like, even steam. if they don't have
2: the whole loop, maybe even they could have the characters come in and, like, have the train go off, and then maybe it just goes backwards out or something like that. I don't That'd know. Cool. But yeah, hopefully there's some presence of the train for the 50th. And then yeah. you had uh, in here this rumor, which I, I must admit the I rumor. hadn't seen. So if you want to cover this one, but about uh, I'm testing, I guess, some of the projections for the third,
1: 50th.
0: Third, I have no meat to this. So he passed me a note. And said that they saw Imagineers testing the full 50th projections on Tower of Terror uh, with music and dialogue. So there's going to be like a whole thing going on at Hollywood Studios for the 50th. So look forward to that. Hopefully, maybe we'll get some video from like a um, from Riviera or something like where you mm. can potentially see it or they're, they're playing that music similar to how they were testing like the um, Spaceship Earth and stuff and yeah. some of the light lighting. So. I didn't think they were going to have like a whole projection show, but maybe there is going to be something going on at. um, Yeah, I mean, they said there was going to be
2: that beacon of light, right? Or whatever it was going to be, but I didn't know that the word dialogue got me. It was something I wasn't expecting. I thought it was just going to be Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, just some images and lights and stuff like that, but nothing. Not like a show. This sounds like a little bit more of a It might a not show. be
0: a show, but it may be like a, like a rotating basis where they kind of just do some fun things like every 15 minutes. Because I, I, there's really no room to stand around down that, that way. And mm-hmm. it's a big you know, traffic jam if, if there were too many people. So I don't think they could put on too big of a show. Well, they do the Christmas
2: um, projections on, on Tower of Terror where they do kind of – it's like 15-minute long shows or whatever. Yeah, so.
0: yeah like something that's repeatable yeah. so people aren't jammed in there at one point every single day just to see. Sure. So I suspect it would be something like that.
2: So we'll be on the lookout for that. But, you know, it's exciting to see what's coming on the 50th. We're really not that, you know, we have our trip for the 50th, and I think this week I have to make my final payment. So it's a, it'll Ooh. be here sooner before the, than we know it. But um, that'll do it for the news. And a reminder of our social media accounts, Twitter, at PodDBC, Instagram, the DBC Podcast, Facebook, DBC Pod, the YouTube channel, and the Discord server. Yay. Yeah,
1: so one this more, week's... One more thing about the news real quick. We also yeah, got going pricing up. for Star Cruiser. We oh, helps, well, no, we no, go- no.
0: We ha- That's a whole topic. We're, okay. Uh, now that that we're going to, that's that's where the uh, mortgage payment comes Th- into play. Oh, like, the joke, okay, I,
2: I, I think the joke oh, went over Matt's head. That's all right. That's all right. Oh, <laughs>
1: okay. Gotcha. <you>. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I missed. should have said I, I that. Missed the, I missed sorry, the pre show because the <laughs> <I came laughs> team So maybe not the comment. My apologies. All right. Gotcha. No, no, no,
0: no. That's fine. Because, um, yes, the Star Cruiser came out with all their payments and information, and it just uh, blew everybody uh, away. God. Everybody's got. <laughs> Everybody's got tweets and, and shows about it. So we were going to give it some extra attention as a as cool. weekly topic. But before we get there, we're going to real quick go over this week's attractionality. This is the 20th attractionality. Uh, this one, it's a, it's tough to be a bug at Animal Kingdom. We're going to flash some of the scores up here. We're going to go round table, what everybody kind of voted. Um, <laughs> I personally have um, i have only walked in. On this, I haven't really stayed for the whole thing, so I'm not a very good judge for this whole thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of step back a little bit on some of these questions. Matt, have you have you partake in this attraction fully? I did, yeah. Uh, so we did it uh, a couple a couple years ago. So it was,
1: um, I I think it's a blast. So what's what's the first uh, question? I don't I don't want to jump ahead.
0: No no yep so first question is how much did you like the concept of this attraction 3D show with active... well actually that's that's just in case no one knows about this out there um, Disney uh, uh, world describes it as watch an off bugway show become the honorary insect as you take a seat in the theater hidden at the base of the tree of life and don a pair of bug-eye glasses enjoy a delightful 3D moving live show hosted by Flick a lovable ant from A Bug's Life and learn how insects survive in the wild uh, so yeah, so the first question was, how much do you like the concept of this attraction, uh, Matt? What do you think? Yeah, you know what, I'm not sure if I voted, so this is a perfect time <laughs> I can
1: I can give you some live results yes. here. I, I would say I would give that a four, a four out of five. Uh, I definitely like the concept. I like the 3D, 4D experience that you ha- that you get with it, um, and it, it's perfect for all ages. Although it does scare children. I mean, my kids would not go on it the last time we went. Uh, they were okay. they're pet, they petrified of it, uh, but I think it's I think it kind of reaches everybody. It's it's a pretty
0: good ride. Phil, so what did what did you vote?
2: So I also gave it a four. Similar thoughts to what Matt Matt said. I think just the idea of using this technology around the insects or around a bug's life and how it I know it, it kind of ties more into another question, but how it fits into the the park and what they were trying to do. I think it's a good use of a good mix of the the technology and the the ride system for lack of a better word and the and the ip used for it so i think it's a good good concept not like doesn't blow me away but it's a good concept so
0: see i I kind of i'm on the same boat where it doesn't blow me away but it's cool so i voted i gave it a three so i consider three average it's not like i'm not waiting online for this thing and i'm not you know um you know i'm not hating it if i go on i'm going to enjoy it as well so it's kind of like again you always describe is my vacation going to be ruined if i don't go (laughs) on this i don't think anybody's saying that I think I think it's cool. And Disney's got a bunch of these around the different parks. So so I dig it. So question number two is how well do you think it's tough to be a bug delivers for its target audience? Um, I personally gave it a three because it's a fun, enjoyable ride. And I don't think it, you know, kids are clamoring to go back in there. And Matt, I think you, your kids won't go back on it. So um, how would you vote on this one? One through five?
1: Yeah, I, I would probably give that a. I would probably give it a four. Again, I mean, if you have really young kids, it might spook them out, and you might lose them the next time you take them. Um, but I think you know, once they're like eight or nine, I think you're set with that. I think it's a. I think it's a good. I think it's perfect for for their age group.
0: So yep, the uh, most people voted four on that, and previously question one, uh, most people gave it a five. So a lot of people overrated it not overrated, rated it (laughs) higher than, uh, the, the three of us here, uh, Phil, um, does it deliver? How how do you score that? So I
2: get to, for its target audience, I gave it a three, um, probably because of the fact that it scares some little kids and it's, it's kind of pitched as like side of a whole, all ages, like good thing for the family. It doesn't have a height, you know, requirement and stuff like that, but then you get in there and there are some moments in the dark when things happen. So I think it's, I don't know, Like, I guess it's uh, some of my clients are, where, where if, if kids wind up crying from it, it's hard for me to give it a too high of a score. So I gave, it a, I gave it a three. We'll be back after a quick break.
0: Hey, parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting.
1: We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning
0: musicians
1: to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And, and, and I, get, I gave it a three. Um, again, this kind of ties into my conversation probably with question number four, so I'll save this comment for that. Um, you know... I I think I just, because it's just the opportunity cost. What else could they have done with this area? So um, does it deliver? Yeah, it is. Uh, The question number, question number three um, is how much do you personally enjoy? It's tough to be a bug. Matt, do you, do you personally enjoy it? Where do you, where do you rate this thing?
1: I would do it every time, you know, especially if my kids, my kids weren't petrified because it's always a low weight. I mean, it's always a five, 10 minute wait and, you know, especially in Animal Kingdom, there's not a ton of attractions there. So it's nice to just be able to do something you can walk on and, and you know, get in the AC because it's typically a hot park. So um, I, I definitely enjoyed. I'd give it out a five.
0: Ooh, oh, there you go. You're, wow. you're, you're Among the few at five. Phil, how did you rate it?
2: I gave this one a three as well. I think it's, I like it when we do it, but it's also, you know, I was thinking back on it. I can't even remember the last time we've done it. It was definitely a few years ago. And when I'm sort of mapping out our day at Animal Kingdom, that never makes the plans, right? It's kind of one of those where, Uh oh, we have nothing else to do. We're kind of in the area. Anybody want to go do it type thing? So. That's why and I gave it a
0: three. But, um, last, last time I went, I for, totally forgot yeah. that it was there. <laughs> like everything on um, Discovery Island, yeah. I always tend to forget that that it's there. I, I, you know, I, I tipped a score and I, I gave it a three as well. I mean, mo- it's weighted towards three, three and a half, four because that's where the bulk of the people have yeah. voted for it. Um, and I, and I gave, I just just given it a three only because of j- it's just a, a theater show, right? So mm-hmm. it's got some cool elements to it, but um, again. You know, I guess it's just a nice, I guess you know what I, I'm going to take this back. I think all parks need people eaters like that. Oh, we yeah. always complain about capacity, and they're just launching e-ticket attractions left and right. Parks need those E and D yeah. and C and B attractions. I right? think they, they need those fillers that suck people up. So um, I, I, it's. I'm not going to hate it for what it is. I think it's you know it, it's just a cool thing. Like yep. it's like right in the middle for me. Uh, question number four is the question I always like talking about in these shows because I think I can always design these parks better than everybody else that works with the BDI. <laughs> Question four is: How well do you think it's stuff to be a bug fits into Discovery Island and Animal Kingdom? Matt, do you do you think it fits where it's supposed to be, or definitely you, a five?
1: Definitely a five. I mean, I love the use of that IP there. I think nice. it's perfect, and you know, mm-hmm. Bugs Life doesn't really have a presence at all anymore. So, besides that attraction, I know they had they had a land in Disneyland that's gone. Um, so, I think it's I think it's a perfect fit for it, and and I love the fact that it's
0: in the tree, the tree of life. So. Yep. what what do you think phil
2: so i gave it a four although now that i'm thinking about it you know i i think it the fit could could be a five so maybe it was a high four for me i don't know um but i think physically also the fact that they put it at the base of the tree and you kind of like to walk there you walk past all the sculptures in the tree and stuff like that so i think physically it's a really great in a really great spot um so I don't know. I mean, I think learning about the bugs, it's done really well. So I don't know why I gave it a four. probably should have given it a five. I think it does fit really well into uh, Animal Kingdom.
0: I gave it a four because I always make sure I walk that path regardless mm-hmm. when I'm in Animal Kingdom as I'm passing because I think it's awesome kind of getting it up close and, and, and personal with it. Um, I mean, part of me wants to rate it at the four or five mark because it it really does just fit right mm-hmm. there. Um. And the, but part of me also is like, I want if they had more money, like what could it actually be? Like there could be a really cool attraction in the tree of life, right? I'm mm-hmm. um, not talking like roller coaster, but maybe something different. Like a space. But that's of just Earth me thing. being picky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, some kind of dark ride. I don't know, but uh, that goes up into the tree. But yeah, I gave I gave it a four, and I have I have a, a, a Animal Kingdom was the first park I've been to as an adult at Walt Disney World with my kids, and we we're walking. Towards Africa, and I have a picture in my uh, skinny shirt that with my brother-in-law, and we're we're taking side-by-side pics with uh, Flick as he was walking around, and I I I just have that memory of it, so I I have like a soft spot for um that that movie that that character. Um, by the way, I wore the same shirt yesterday. I've been losing weight, boys, so Uh I'm I'm getting good. So I I could actually fit into a a shirt that I I wore like six years ago. (laughs) It was it was wonderful. Um, and that's it. That's for attract, uh, attractionality number 20 this week, which was, which was really fun. Thanks to Adam, uh, AKA cast of stone. Uh, we got to have him back on Phil. Yeah. I think soon. That's a good idea. Um, okay. So we're going to track uh, transition now to, um, actually, you know what? Let's do this. Uh, we kind of, I, I talked about it. Would you put anything else in this space? And if you, if you had to choose to like pick something else, what would you, what kind of attraction or, or IP would you throw in here or idea, Matt?
1: I mean, I would leave it. with – I like the Bugs Life IP in there. I mean, the only other one that could come to you're not changing. Mind, the only I mean, maybe Lion King, but Lion King's got some representation there, and I wouldn't mind throwing something else Lion King related somewhere else in that park. So I, I'm good with the
0: Bugs Life being being there. Oh, we, we got it. We, well, you did rank five, so like <laughs> you know, you're ready. What Phil? What you mean? You ranked it a four, so there's a spot maybe for you to fit something. Yeah, yeah, I mean come to mind.
2: I like it. the The other one that comes to mind, I did think about Lion King. I also think uh, Jungle Book could be kind of cool. Just say that, yeah. like a that s- similar mean. show, but using more animatronics and kind of tell you know, then you can get more music into it. There's not really music in a Bugs Life and stuff. I mean, there there there's some music, but not not like in a Jungle Book or a Lion King or something like that. So I think I think Jungle Book could make for a cool for a cool uh, show that type thing there.
0: I I think they could have done something like what I expect from the Moana water whatever it's called uh, that at, they're building at Epcot mm-hmm. I would love to see a jungle book like kind of walk through into mm. whether it's a movie or an attraction or whatever but you kind of beef up the area put some more jungles there I know Tarzan usually sits around there sometimes yeah. too and maybe get like uh, some animatronics and you pipe in that music and kind of do like a little mini land type of thing right? yeah. be able to hear the music from outside of it and kind of draw you in that type of thing um, I think that would have been really cool so all right, cool. Good good recommendations. Uh, okay, so here's the topic of the week that meant spoiled <laughs> our – that's not a surprise. I'm just kidding. Um, we got big news this week with the Galactic Star Cruiser, um, including some sample pricing and uh, itinerary. Yep. And then that what's led everybody to believe or ask, like, is Disney getting a little bit too expensive for the average Joe? Yeah, well. So, um, Phil, let's go over first – some of the some of this stuff here what do i have here on my screen i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up uh the parks blog um they have a really cool i i guess trailer that i think of everybody's seen already a little bit and then you could kind of go on they have a whole different website for this Mm -hmm. where it's basically you know start planning your voyage and you're everybody's seeing it on screen right now they got highlights they've got dining start planning prepare for 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 launch Let's talk about the pricing, and then see what we get for that pricing. Okay. okay. So I'm going to show. Uh, let's see if I could find the pricing. I had brought it up, and oh, there's the itinerary. Bear with me, everybody. Sorry, I've got the wrong, got the wrong pricing here. Okay. So anyway, um, it's rather expensive. Phil, what what <laughs> what did you think of it? Yeah. The so prices? I'm going to find them here.
2: So there are standard rooms and suites as well. Uh, the standard cabins sleep four to five passengers. The suites sleep up to four, but you have a separate living room and that sort of thing. There's also the grand captain suite that looks like comes with a butler or something like that. I don't know, but I'm not even going to pretend to. I think that's one of those things. If you have to ask how much it is, you can't afford it. Um, yes. So. What they released in this information is the sample standard cabin rate. So not for the suite or anything like that, but for the standard I found cabin. It. It's
0: down on screen. Sorry. Okay.
2: And uh, also keep in mind, these are for departures, the end of what they're saying for the end of August, beginning of September, which is typically a lower cost time to go. So this isn't, you know, this is probably about the cheapest the pricing is going to be. So if you are looking for a, you know, a spring break or something like that, it's going to be quite a bit more than this. No. But, it's not uh, a spring break kind of uh, <laughs> trip. So um, so if you only have – you know, I think we've talked about in the past that this is sort of cruise pricing. It's very much set up like a cruise where it's not just nope. a room. It's you kind of pay per person because it covers your food yes. and things like that. So that's why if there's more people in the room, it's a little bit cheaper versus um, only using – you know, a room for two people, but so for the two people, if you go keep in mind, this is a two night experience. Your two nights will cost you just about $1,200 per person per night or for around $4,800 in total. Um, and then, then it goes, you know, down per person up to that, but up to what their sample pricing for four guests. So kind of a typical family, just three adults with one child. I'm assuming. I don't know
0: what typical family that, unless uh, unless they're talking about like a teenager. I'm
2: I'm assuming it's a Disney adult, which starts at 10. So it's probably, you know, say, say, you know, two, two parents and then say a 12 year old and an eight year old, whatever, something like that. Um, and that would be around $750 per guest per night or just shy of six grand. So, I know we're all families of five, but if you, I guess, picked one of your kids to not come with you, would you be willing to pay $6,000 for two nights for you, your, your significant other, and two kids to come with you?
0: I'll let Matt answer that one first.
1: <laughs> well, guys, I got to be honest, man. Like, I'm going to have a different take from both of you guys on this one. I That's think. fine. Um,
0: oh, wait, are you are – you, I can't remember. Are you a giant Star Wars nerd like
1: yeah, I am? Oh, big time. Big time. Okay. Uh, I think everything about this just oozes why I love Disney. I mean, this is like cutting edge. It's all new. Sure. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know about the role playing. I don't know how that's going to be executed. I don't know if it's going to feel corny and, and forced, but no pun intended. Uh, but I, I, I think it sounds awesome. And, you know, I'm willing. Oh, absolutely. I'm willing to pony up the money for it. Um, you know, just. Ooh, good. I'm know, glad. I'm glad you're you're on here to have that point of view. Good. You know, so, I mean, I don't know if I'll do it next year or the year after, but, you know, unless the reviews are awful, um, you know, this is definitely something I want to do. It's on my bucket list. Um, I'm a family of four, by the way, Phil, so it makes oh. it a little, it makes it a little okay, easier for me. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the pricing's crazy, but this, I mean, there's going to be nothing else like this. I mean, I I can't think of anything. I mean, can you guys think of a themed experience like this? I mean, you guys did yep. rise, rise of the resistance, right? And the the level of immers- immersiveness that's in that attraction, just multiply that by a hundred, and that's what you're getting with this experience. Is it worth five grand for two days, or whatever? I, I don't know, but I'm curious. I'm very curious about it.
0: Well, uh, let me let me put this in perspective. I would never spend that much money on two days, especially looking at the itinerary of of, of what's going on there. Uh, um, I agree. Like, with like some for of me, that. <laughs> it's, I mean, like I, I don't even know if you could fit. Five people. I think I did mention that there's a cabinet the, for five, right, Phil? The, the standard
2: rooms actually fit four to five people. So they have different, they have um. Right. the standard room is a queen size bed, two bunks, and then it has a pull down as well.
0: Let, let, me, let me ask you this, Phil. Uh, before you pay, you, you chunk down uh, what is probably about close to $7,000 after taxes for this, mm-hmm. would, you, would you go to the Star Cruiser or would you buy annual passes for your whole family? <laughs>
2: It's obviously very different experiences. And I think when you, I think that's the tough part, right? I mean, I Mm -hmm. think I, part of me feels like Matt, right? Like I, I'm really intrigued by it. I absolutely would want to do it. I just, I just don't know if I could pull the trigger on that much. You know, it's just, and I think maybe at someday we could, I think part of it that hurts is like my kids like star Wars, but they're not you know i'm kind of the one that would most want to do it and they would kind of just go along with me yeah. whereas i think if like i had one kid that was like really into star wars and like this was their birthday present or something like that maybe it'd be easier to swing um yeah. so i don't know i mean i think if if i if I, I, I just have to rearrange the budget from like so many other vacations where we'd be doing this instead of our regular vacation wherever we're vacationing that year or somewhere like that and you're kind of oh, yeah. doing that trade off for 2 days versus A week somewhere else. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe if the reviews come in and they say it's amazing and it doesn't matter, you know, if you want to do it a lot, you don't want it. It's totally worth it. Everything's amazing. Then maybe I'll, I'll talk myself into it. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of middle of the road where, where it's like, I'm intrigued by it. I just wish it was about 20%. Cheaper, well, I think oh, like you, twenty to fifty
0: percent cheaper. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, if you have an annual pass, you know what you do is you do like a split stay. You do this for two, and you stay at like top century for five days. After that, and that's kind of how you can you can make it work from a financial perspective. But uh, maybe you know, just just the type of technology they're putting in, and, and you know, just you can be able to interact with Ray and Kylo Ren and stuff. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I, I can't wait to hear the reviews on it. Yeah, yeah I
2: think yeah, I just well, every uh, time I, I look think about it. It sounds I'm really intrigued by it and I want to do it, but I don't know if I'm like desperate to do it. And I kind of feel like the price point is it, you mm-hmm. have to be like really, at least for me, with the the level of funds that we have, it would have to be something that I'm like dying to do. And I don't know if I'm dying to do it.
0: Right. See, none of my kids are huge Star Wars fans because they they became Marvel people, obviously. So, I mean, the last three movies weren't the best ones in the world. So that, mm-hmm. that didn't really capture their imagination. And, um, you know, but the, I mean, the, the, he's got, my son's got Darth Vader costumes. My daughter has a Ray costume. So they, they, they dig the characters, right? They, they like the story. Um, I'm going to have to show, do we, we're going to have to do like a star Wars marathon or something, um, mm-hmm. sometime over the, the, the winter just to kind of see if they can, you know, catch lightning bottle. I grew up watching these videos. Like my mom, if I was bouncing around the walls, my mom would put in star Wars and I would be quiet for like two <laughs> hours. So that, that that was my babysitter as my mom was um, cooking dinner in the other room. Um, so let's go over the itinerary, right? So I, I'm with you, Phil. Um, if I, my kids were like – if this was like a Marvel thing, um, that would make it a little bit juicier because I know my son and my daughter would like really love this. And, but I know, and uh,
2: obviously yeah. comparing Disney to Universal, but if they ever did like a Harry Potter one of these, oh, of my course. my older daughter would would be all over that, so –
0: And and before we get – I'm going to go right to the itinerary after this. Um, The other other thing that I think Disney was probably going to do if they're going to build another one of these things, if these become successful at this price point, Mm -hmm. you know there's going to be a princess castle experience where you got the ballroom, you're dancing and all that other stuff. You know that's definitely happening. Um, and then that's what might I might might have to cave in for but again, that's like six thousand I got to get a lot richer or or something where six grand is gonna be like a once in a lifetime type of thing and I, it doesn't burn as much but like I think it. that's
2: a big and I don't know if we're jumping ahead here but I think that's a big question is how many people out there are like matt or like or just people that have the available money to do now it's a smallish hotel, hotel there's only about a hundred rooms but are there going to be people that Day after Because day, a two day thing, like time after time, and if, if you've done it once, are you going to pay seven grand again to do it again? So mm. I'm really interested to see, like, I'm sure right away, there's plenty of people that are going to want to do it and have the funds and will do it. But a year from now, two years from now, how is it going to be? And do they adapt it? And maybe they say, okay, well, people don't have seven grand, but maybe they have, you know, two grand where they can come for a day. Or something like that. Well, maybe
0: they'll have like special pricing or discounts like Disney always does to try to fill this up. Because if this doesn't fill up, you know they're going to try to get people to go in. So Mm -hmm. I'm most interested in if we get occupancy rates and all this other stuff for however we can figure that out going through. Like, is there's this in high demand? Um, It should be interesting. Okay, let's go over the itinerary here. I'm going to pop it on the screen. One of the things that jumps off the page to me is you arrive day one at one o'clock in the afternoon and you're booted out right after breakfast on day three yeah so this is not this is not even two day event this is a um this is a day and a half right you're not even you're not even eating lunch the day you arrive there you've you're already fed you're hopping on so let's to me that's the one thing that's like why would you spend all this money when you're not even getting like a two full days. Like I would have liked this. Like you come in at like, let's say middle afternoon evening, like six o'clock and kind of do start for dinner type of thing. Or you, maybe the you an experience where you go to a star Wars restaurant, that's kind of off property a little bit or something that's not part. And then you get moved into it um, and take off or, or whatever the experience might be. Um, but you get, I would want to have like two full days. So like on day three, you're leaving like after dinner or something else like that, and you know, or, or maybe may you throw in you know, a night at another hotel where you can kind of stay and then go on your day. I don't know. That's how I would have kind of planned for it. But maybe there's enough people that have um, time to do this. Okay. So the day one, you get there at 1 o'clock. Uh, launch pod to Star Cruiser. It's 115 to 130. The one thing is everything's down to like 30-minute marks, right? Yeah. So there's no chunks of time. That's what a lot of people going. are talking
2: about. Like, so does this mean I have to follow? And, and this is just a sample schedule. We're sure, yeah. assuming there will be other ones. But, like, a lot of people are like, I just kind of want to explore the ship. Like, there's no, like, free time really on here no. to kind of, like, do what you want. It's very scheduled.
0: So you get, you get a half hour of ship orientation, a half hour of light refreshments, whatever that means, uh, a half hour of sabak lessons. Okay, so I, I don't know if anybody's ever taken classes in anything, Matt, <laughs> but have you, ever, have you ever been able to file into a room, have an instructor come in, and then teach you something, and then file out all within 30 minutes? Has that ever
1: happened anywhere? Uh, Especially with kids? Pretty, that's pretty ambitious. <laughs> that's pretty uh, I, nice you thing. know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it definitely needs some work. This itinerary, but it's their, <laughs> first, it's their first draft, so I'll, I'll give them the benefit yeah. of the doubt here.
0: No, you know what? It just feels like an intern wrote down some random <laughs> yeah. <like> type of <laughs> activities and like put like Sabak thirty minutes. Then you, as soon as you as soon as you leave Sabak, you're, you're mustering right, so you're doing something um and then as you're waiting around for a half hour without even refreshments because that was like an hour ago <laughs> uh you got to wait for the captain to show up to give him his, his speech he's got a half hour speech then you've got an hour and a half dinner with live music so i dig that that's a good time yeah, all the food
2: and stuff sounded really good like the the the, the dinners sounded amazing
0: and then you there's a outer rim regalia for 15 minutes It's 7:15 to 7:30. i don't know what that means but um Something happens, and then for another half hour, you've got an unexpected story moment, whatever that might be. You got to pick. You know, it sounds like a lot of the stuff that they wanted in uh, Galaxy's Edge to happen. Yeah, but here's the thing: so we're gonna we we have this story element, and then the next day you have another story element. Um, I'm gonna show this on screen. So they have story element seven thirty to eight o'clock. And then the next day, you have one from 9.30 to 9.50, so 20 minutes of story elements. And then later that evening, 7.30 to 8.45, which is an hour and 15 minutes, which is great. So my point is, what are you paying for when you're going? On? I, I want story elements all day long, right? So maybe there's a lot of you know droids walking around and people in Yeah, I mean, that's what they said was more whatever. like casual
2: interactions and stuff. I guess these are the more where you have to pick if you're going to be on the the Jedi side or the first order side or whatever. I think that's what these story, the the specific story moment ones
0: are. So like, here's the thing. Okay. So let's say you choose two different things, join an elite smuggling ring or hide a stowaway. So there's not that many people. So you have what, a hundred rooms, right? Mm -hmm. Was it a hundred rooms? So you've got, let's say it's full. So you've got 100 times, let's say, three. So you have 300 people in this thing, right? So not full capacity, not like the least amount with two people in every room. Does like 100 people decide to go hide a stowaway somewhere and then another 100 people? Like that's not fun. That's just kind of like – I'm I'm assuming these are just
2: examples and there's actually a lot more things. And I also think they are – They'll be staggered, so like, well, some people have their unexpected story moment at seven thirty. Other people have theirs at seven. Other people have theirs at eight. Yeah. So it's like, a good point. You know, so I think it'll be more smaller groups that you kind of get split up into.
0: Yeah. So that might make the ship more alive. If the story yeah. elements going throughout the day, you see people dashing around. I just hope it's not all the same type of stuff. Yeah. So like, Oh, there's somebody hiding a stowaway up. Oh, there's somebody hiding <laughs> a stowaway. And you're like, okay, this is boring. Let's say you're slotted for like the eight o'clock slot. <laughs> You've already seen this happen like five times with your outer rim regalia. Uh, they got bridge training at for 45 minutes, which I think is cool. It's like the first thing that's now 45 minutes long, your first day. And then and they showed a, uh,
2: a picture of that, um, which sounded pretty cool. Like there's all like the, you just get to push all the buttons and see all the screens, and yeah. so like like that looks like that's going to be really really fun and kind of really immersive. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to be shit that's constantly moving too. It's it's going to be pretty wild.
0: I mean, yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think this is going to be camp Star Wars, where like one you have a 15 minute craft uh, activity <laughs> and you're moving on. The only other thing, like the next day, is similar to all this stuff, different stuff, except that um, right after your story element, you go in to do Smuggler's Run, lunch at Docking Bay Seven. Uh, you go back to the Star Cruiser, and you kind of do this. There's,
2: I guess just mentioned before that story, moment. Yeah. Well, obviously a breakfast. Rise then, of the Resistance. And then you take the, the shuttle to Batuu, and then you get on Rise of the in this sample one. So I guess it's one way to pay
0: for a a boarding group for Rise so, of the Resistance. Well, here's one thing I didn't realize. Yeah, exactly. $6,000 boarding rise. Uh, I know Park Reservation needed <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here, here's one thing I didn't I didn't notice, Phil, when I first saw this is you go into the parks first thing in the morning after mm-hmm. breakfast. You do rise, you do your story moment, you do Smuggler's Run, you get lunch, and you go back. Yep. Right. So your whole morning is basically a day at Galaxy's Edge. Yep. To me, I mean, we knew this was happening. To me, this is kind of wasteful because I can just get a ticket and do all these things. It does say there's like
2: that story moment and that Right. Yeah. So I think that's the key is is you'll be experiencing the land different
0: than the rest of the guests. So where is a story moment happening? And as a normal guest of the park, do you get to see these story moments also? Well,
2: that was the whole thing. I was wondering, like, even just for the lunches and when they're and when they're going around, are, are the are the regular guests going to see these VIP guests? Or are they going to be like herded separately? Yep. Or are they like how are you going to differentiate it or something? So I'm interested to see how they pull that off because it's not after mm-hmm. hours of the park. I mean, they're they're there until twelve. That's prime time. Yeah, like the the parks are open. So. I'm, I'm really interesting to see how that works out.
0: Yeah, I maybe mean, building a model ship for 30 minutes, dr- racing droids for 20 minutes. I mean, that, all this stuff just seems kind of like just random things <laughs> that we maybe do, type of thing. I'm sure this is going to be fleshed out a yeah. little better as it's as it's. And going. maybe it is. These are just options, fun. you
2: know. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of, like when I was on my Disney cruise, like the. Yeah. There's multiple things going on at one time mm-hmm. that you can pick, or you can pick to not do any of them, right? Just rest right. and relax. So I don't know if that's what this will be too. And this is just like, well, this is what this person picked type thing, or yes. whatever, or exactly how it'll be. But
0: I suspect it's going to be like, you're spending $6,000. It better not be like sitting in a room somewhere, you know, putting a Lego droid together. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I just want to sit out in the lobby and just see stuff happening, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. That's what most people want to do, right? They participate. So, Matt, any other comments on. The Galactic Star Cruiser um, that you were surprised, by just by this announcement, are you just um, you're just more intrigued?
1: I'm intrigued. I, I, you know, I definitely want to see some reviews, and, and without being too spoiled, too. You know, I, I just I want to hear if that's a good really, point. I, I want to hear if people really enjoy it, and then if the story moments delivered. Um, but I, I don't want the whole the whole picture. I want to be able to go in there and kind of experience it. You know, the right way. I know I'm going
0: to experience. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm. I'm no. I'm never going to experience it, at least in its first iteration. By the time I have the cash to kind of do something like this and willing to spend it, um, they're going to have this changed up anyway. By the time I get <laughs> to it, so I'm. I'm. I'm going into this looking for all the different spoilers. I'm sure there's. They've got a show, kind of like once it's up and running, like a, a nice Disney video of. Like oh yeah. Stuff yeah. going around and stuff like that's just going to you know marketing 101, I expect. All right, so let's transition into the last part of our show, the DBC expedition this week, one week delayed, and that's why we have Matt on and his um, his baby, his his burden of of love. Oh, I, I don't know what you want to call it, Matt. Uh, the DCI his glorious purpose, <laughs> uh, his glorious purpose, right? Um, I'm going to put on on the screen here, Matt, the the trends tab. So tell us. Uh, or tell the audience what you've been working on, other than just kind of updating it as the parks are going along.
1: So I thought it'd be interesting if we went back in time and looked at, hey, where was DCI? You know, in in you know on June thirtieth of twenty twenty, you know, when just the DVC resorts were open only, and the pools were open, and you know none of the attractions were open, none of the parks were open, you know, all the restaurants for the most part were shuttered. You know, what was the DCI? And I've been trying to work backwards, and it is challenging. And you know, it does it does take up a lot of time because you got to do a lot of research and try to just mm-hmm. Google. Hey, you know, you know, when did you know this restaurant open? What was the open date? And you kind of start building things that way. Um, you
0: you but- know, you could probably, and, and I don't know if you can do this, but um, go into like a place like WDWNT or uh, Block Mickey, and just kind of. Google's doing uh, targeted Google searches for like each date and just kind of see what the articles are. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. But you know, so far I got two historical dates accomplished. Um, So like I said, the June, the June 30th, 2020, and then um, I fast forwarded to to the end of 2020 because I thought that'd be a good barometer. Um, And I still might jump in and do one, you know, one or two months in between that time. Um, But Mm -hmm. you know, so you know, at the time of having no parks um you know we you know the d c i was was less than ten percent you know and, and and really, you're only going there to use your d c i points or or you know I guess maybe an animal kingdom you know uh animal kingdom lodge might be worth going to solo for for a week or something, but it'd be tough without the parks. I know you guys feel the same yeah.
0: way. No, I think we have one of the one of one of our stored topics. Phil is what would you pay for a resorts only yeah. kind of trip? And and yeah, I mean, our baseline essentially is nine point eight percent. As soon as Disney opened, it's it only it was only going to go up from there. Um, so let's let's talk about New Year's Eve, Matt. I think that's that's the big one. That's kind of like okay, we're heading into twenty twenty one. There's some optimism in the air. Um, the attractions from from the half a year went from zero to eighty-eight point four two percent, and we're essentially at ninety-four point eight two percent where we're sitting at today. So we saw a, what was it sixteen point bump in the course from the beginning to the very end. Um, so what made you pick New Year's Eve? Is it just because it's a busy day? Is it just the end of the year? Um,
1: just the end of the year. Was just trying to get a summary of you know how the year how the year ended. Um, you know where was the state of of Walt Disney World at the end of 2020. Um, you know, still didn't have a ton of resorts open. Uh, still didn't have a lot of restaurants. You could see entertainment was still hurting really hard. I mean, that's yep. that's been the biggest jump from, you know, December 31st to, to now. And, and it's still low overall. But, I mean, that, that's a quantum jump, you know, going from 2.38% to 33.35%.
0: So- Yeah, twenty twenty one saw us go from two percent, two point three percent to fourteen percent for the first half of the year. So, like you know, moderate changes as we're following around, and then all of a sudden, um, fireworks come back and we start popping up into the high thirties. We still got a lot missing, and that's mostly what Matt meet and greets you've talked about before, stage shows that type of thing.
1: Yeah, so I um I have a list of some things that you know, of, of kind of the, the, the great misses right now. So, you know, and, and I could go into each category if you guys want. Would you want me to do that?
0: We, we've got about 10
1: minutes. So, you know, we can take about 15 minutes to this part. So, yeah, go for it. So, you know, so the attractions,
0: um, let me just kind of get two screens here going. The, the man with the master plan, essentially, the spreadsheets. Yeah, exactly. He's got, he's got this work. So, Phil, what, seeing these numbers, were you yeah. surprised by the work he's done for, like, the June and the uh, December dates? Or was that kind of, like, what you were expecting?
2: I think I've seen some of them before, so it's probably around what I was expecting. But it does kind of mm-hmm. – it's really nice to see and, – and nice is probably the wrong word to talk about anything COVID-related. But it's neat to see the uh, kind of just the progression and how it went and kind of when there were points of jumping up and just, you know, from what such a low point that we started from um i also think it's interesting to see how matt did all the waiting and kind of you know because mm-hmm. i know from early on matt you're always saying like look if you're someone who goes to the park to ride rides like you are you'd probably be happy earlier on than the people right. that go for entertainment and kind of more of those kind of disney feels type things where you know if the, if your kids can't do meet and greets what's the point of going type thing so um i think that's that's always important too knowing that Obviously, I, you know, you asked us. You, you kind of pulled everyone for how 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 things should be weighted. So it was a little bit of a a group sense consensus, but um, it still also is came down to how 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 these things were weighted. So that's something always to keep in mind. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, so attractions. I mean, they're in a good spot, and and like you said, they they've been there since since they opened. That was the first priority that they did, and they were able to do it safely. You know, with the social distancing and and, and the mask wearing. So that that kind of worked out well for them. Um, And that's kind of had a slow and steady climb, Um, you know, and, you know, for the most part, what we're missing is like Typhoon Lagoon and that's it. I mean, you know, Hall of Presidents is back. Um, You know, Turtle Talk with Crush is coming back. We got Monsters back. Um, There's certain things like the Boneyard still not, still not going, you know, I'm sure that's coming soon. Um, So, you know, Attractions is in a good spot. Um, You know, the, um, the Enchanted Tales with Bell, you know, that's that's going to wait for a while. I would think when meet and greets come back, you know, that would that would return. But for the most part, I um, feel pretty good about attractions. And then entertainment, you know, you know, there's still a lot of heavy hitters that are missing. I mean, you know, there's no Phantasmic, There's no, you know, Star Wars Galactic Spectacular, um, you know, Rivers of Light is done. Right. So there's no nighttime entertainment at even playing in Animal Kingdom. You know, we're still missing a flagship parade, you know, there's no festival yeah. fantasy running. Um, you know, it's big, you know, all meet and greetings, all of them, you know, I mean, they're, they're doing some socially distance. I don't know how they're, how are they doing it in Disneyland? It's still kind of a, it's it's a little bit more organized there, right? But they're still not mm-hmm. hugging the characters, correct? Correct. It's the yeah. same
2: like like right. distant thing, and obviously they they added a whole bunch of new characters with uh, Avengers Campus and stuff like that. But even there, they're doing a show where they're up on a ledge or whatever. It's it's not it's all
0: distance. Yeah, yeah,
2: nobody's nobody's hugging anybody.
1: Right. You know, so in most of the theater shows, I mean, we got Beauty and the Beast live on stage Coming Back, which is kind of interesting because a lot of people predicted that, that thing was going extinct, right? Um, you know, Finding Nemo, the musical, and Indiana Jones. I mean, we're, it's crickets from those two those theaters. Mermaid. Shows. Voyager, the Little Mermaid, right? And then Streetmosphere stuff is still way down. So that's why under team, it's only, you know, where it's at 38.35%. You got
0: all the Disney Junior stuff too, which is crickets as well.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So that's got ways to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, so moving on to dining. So dining is is getting there, um, you know, 72.83%. You know, we still have some signatures closed, you know, like the Monsieur Paul's and the Flying Fish. You know, we did just get Steaks House, which is nice. Uh, Victoria and Albert's you would think has got to be coming soon, but it's closed. Jico uh, and, um, you know, some others, you know, and, and who would have thought that Citrico's would have been the first signature restaurant to open since September of 2020, yeah. you know, that was kind of a surprise. Um, so, you know, it's it's definitely moving in the right direction, you know, and then from the quick service front, you know, um, most of the, the higher tier higher tier quick service restaurants have reopened, you know, with the exception of Tangerine Cafe, which is kind of like it's kind of open, but it's kind of not, you know, it's, it's operating as a food and wine booth. Um, you know, we did just have Columbia Harbor House reopened. So that was a real popular yep. one. So we're we're definitely getting there, um, and in, in the lounges from dining, you know, we finally. Got well, to let me let me jump back. in
0: there one second, Matt. Yeah, uh, Phil, we're, we talked about Harbor House last week, and yeah. how I've never eaten there before. Um, I was listening to the Disney Dish, and apparently, according to all their metrics, that's one of the most popular, highly rated quick service uh, places yeah. at Magic Kingdom, which surprised me because I never really thought about it. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, not think about it, but it was just like you know,
2: I oh, think it's one of those things too that. Me the people that go there go there because they want the food that's offered there. So they like it. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. whereas something like, you know, cosmic rays, you're going there because, okay, well, I guess I got stuff my kids will eat or whatever. So exactly. I think, so that's why I'm not surprised the, the ratings are high for Columbia house Harbor. Cause I think the people that mm-hmm. go there are, are, are going there for a reason.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Matt, we interrupted you. You were about to hop on to resorts. I would imagine. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, resorts, you know, we have reopening dates for all of them. So, you know, that should definitely start climbing up. I mean, but you have to remember that it's not just resorts. We, I have bubble perks built into resorts. So, you know, uh, things well, like you the fa- you know fast Pass, 60 days and, and the advanced dining, um, you know, reservations at 180 days. Those things are still gone. And I don't know if they're coming back. Um, they're not. You know, so, you know, but we did get some transportation back. We got the Epcot monorail back, which is nice. Um, And, you know, the boats at Disney Springs, hopefully they'll come back when Port Orleans opens up in October. That's that's the big hope. Um, So, you know, things are definitely moving in the right direction in resorts. Um, So so feel pretty good about that. Uh, The paid events. So, you know, we obviously got the two after hours parties, you know, the Halloween party and and the Christmas party. But we're still missing some of the other after hours events that was in effect. Yeah, you know, and I was always waiting for something at at Hollywood Studios to develop, especially with Galaxy's Edge. I know they did they did run one for Toy Story Land, um, and I was hoping they would do something for Galaxy's Edge, and maybe that's still on the on the plate at some point. But you know, we're missing all the dessert parties, and and I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you guys, I'm really shocked on that. And I thought they'd be back by now, so that that really must be a labor issue.
0: Um, you know well I mean I, I think I think once you I think we'll definitely start seeing them again once the Christmas and Halloween parties kind of roll through into the new year and they've got nothing to make after our money so they're like okay we, we're gonna do some dessert parties at this point well how, how fleshed out they will be who knows but um, I, I don't think there's a space for them I think they're they're getting the uh, the labor ready for the for the because um, those the, those parties start within the next couple of weeks right two weeks. Uh, boot Bash starts with the next first date is. Tuesday, coming up. There you go, next <laughs> in a couple days. So I think the yeah, they've been, uh, for that. yeah they've
2: already been putting out the holo- Halloween decorations already Already out right, on yeah. Main Street. I, I
0: totally forgot how early. I know they put the decorations out early. I forgot how, how fast the parties start. But um, I, I suspect we'll see dessert parties right after Christmas uh, comes and goes. Oh, and we lost my camera for whatever reason. I'm going to switch out there. Bear with me, you guys. That was weird. Okay, I think I'm back. Um, so, the other other thing that I, I want to talk about is um, Matt. I wanted to bring up if they go to paid fast passes, does it, does that get put into paid events or seasonals type stuff in your category?
1: That would probably go down. I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. Is it is it just for on resort guests? You know, and if it is, then it would be some type of bubble perk bonus. Um, okay, it would probably go in the resort bucket, but Maybe not if anybody can get it. So you're right. I got some work to, to figure out there, Jason. I'm, where I'm, did I'm you sure.
0: put the, what, what? once it finally comes in, where would you put the deluxe access to parks late at night? Where does that go? So right now I
1: have that um, in resorts. I haven't factored that in yet because I'm waiting for more specifics about it. I and mean, mm-hmm. we would just know that I it's the, what is it, the Monday and Wednesday right now is, I think Monday is Magic Kingdom and Wednesday is Epcot. I might have that right. flipped. Um, and it's just for the first couple of weeks of October, but, um, you know, if you, if you read some of the rumors from, from the good sources, um, you know, they say that it's not a complete list and that the other parks are planned. Uh, so I'll be waiting to see what they're doing with Hollywood studios and animal kingdom. Right. Um, so I want to see that fleshed out before, but that would go in a resort bonus, obviously. I mean, that's, that's definitely specifically targeted for the deluxe resorts.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I don't think we really need to talk about Disney Springs. It's been pretty consistent since it's open. It's only kind of bumped up because I guess a couple of different restaurants opened over time, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, like NBA Experience, I don't know when that's coming back. And there's a couple, like, bar type of things
1: that are closed. Has anybody missed it? No, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> and the, other, the other thing is Bippity Boppity Boutique. I thought that'd be back Oh, so right, yeah. Disney Springs and Magic Kingdom. And I think at the Poly, I think. Or no, uh, is it the Grand Floridian? One of the one of those resorts has something like that. Um, but, um, Similar, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on that, too. But I, I think, you know, I think the Delta kind of kind of screwed up stuff a little
0: bit on where we were going. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, the last last question I have, or maybe it's the last request I have for these. Yeah, I would love to see where the parks were mid-July when, every, you know, people started coming and going to the parks. So I forget when the parks opened. Like, was it July 14th or 15th, somewhere Mid month, I think it's so around sure, that right? Yeah, uh, my sister was there a couple, about a week after opening, and um, she loved it. So I, I, I think that's 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 an interesting point, Matt, If we can, if we can get like a couple days after or the day that everything opened, yeah, sure. As a comparison, I think that'd be cool, and we can kind of come on and discuss that type Absolutely. of thing uh, yeah, down the road. We could put that together. Okay, well, that's our DBC expedition of this week. Matt's given us the rundown and basically the update, like what's to come, how do we can get this back up. I'm really curious to see in a year from now or whenever um, everything's over and hopefully everybody's vaccinated at that point, people decide to love thy neighbor and... Take care of everybody's health. That um, where Disney is once they're now full go for you know the future. They've got all yeah. the new attractions, Tron, Guardians. They've got uh, the paid Fast Pass stuff that they're that they're coming into place. The new annual passes, and then uh, uh, things like the kites and stuff like that from Animal Kingdom, and what, all the different things that they're adding and they've taken away. Where do we? I can't wait to see where do we shake up so disney 2023 versus disney 2019 like are we still in a deficit have we gone over and i'd be really curious how you weigh a lot of those things matt so um i i hope i hope you i hope your uh, passion for this burns for another year and a half or something else like that and you can keep going so we can at least keep some kind of historical tracking of this type of stuff i think it's i think this is a historical document that you're putting together right now it's great
1: yep. yeah definitely
0: and i mean. I'm still optimistic,
1: too, that we're not going to go backwards, you know, so we're not going to start removing components in, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. had that worry a little bit. But I, I think we're I think they're just going to kind of plow through and, you know, we're going to get through this. Yep. We are.
0: I, I I totally agree. Very good optimism. And I, if, if if anything, everything's delayed a couple months before everything gets rocking again. Um, and then with that, we're going to go into our DBC recommends for this week. This one's mine. Um, with my, uh, change of plans going from October to February for my trip, normally you would have to cancel everything, rebook everything, get on the phone, transfer your deposit or make a new one and wait for your other ones to come back. Cause I have two reservations tied together and, um, Instead of having to do all that, track all that stuff down, I shot an email to my travel agent, and I said, I want to change from this to this. Okay, where do you want to stay? I want to stay here. Done. I'm now working on it. And that's all I had to do. Um, and for those out there that, um, in case you don't know, because my sister has never used a travel agent before, and she's an expert DVC member, right? So she she knows everything inside and out. Um you don't have to pay anything extra. And if you find a travel agent that's charging you more than the, uh, the cost from Disney, don't go with them because they're probably doing something different. There's plenty of excellent travel agents out there that um, they, all they do is they, they help you plan and change all this stuff. So my, I recommend – even if you are the Uber planner like I am or like Phil is – get a travel agent. All, and maybe all you have to do is they just book the trip for you and then you just do everything yep. everything else exactly the way you do it now. You do your own park reservations, uh, whatever the Fast Passes come in, the ADRs, everything else like that. You do on your own. Now, if you want them to do it, they, they will certainly do that for you as well. Just when you find a travel agency, and we're not going to recommend one on the show, but if you have a travel agent and you email them and they do not get back to you within 24 hours or even 12 hours of an email, Go find another travel agent. Find one that's going to respond to you within a couple hours of any inquiry, even if it's just like, I'll get to you in a moment, Um, I'll I'll do this tomorrow. You're looking for somebody that's extremely communicative, and um, that's the only recommendation I have. And the one I have um, that I booked through is I emailed her randomly this morning, and literally an hour later, she responded with, where do you want to go, what dates, and all this other stuff, and everything was processed within a couple hours. Um, I'm still waiting for the confirmation of the change and all that type of stuff, but um, get a travel agent. Um, That being said, guys, we're now over, as we usually are, Phil. We're seven minutes over the hour. Um, Guys, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the uh, expedition with Matt going over the DCI. Links are on every single one of our show notes, so it's always there. And uh, have a great week, everybody, and take care. See you next week.
2: Bye, everyone.